8 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jam along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Super Bowl 58 in the books from last night. Legion Stadium in Las Vegas. Where the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, we can we can say it's a dynasty, right? I, I mean, a, win or lose, yeah. I mean, you make it to four in six years or five years or however many. I need to do the math on that. But, yeah, it's, it's dynastic for sure. And I know for Broncos country, it's hard to take. And I, believe me, I feel your pain. I do. Broncos country. I do. I feel the pain. I feel the suffering. But also... They passed that, you guys last night. That's what they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. But also, like in the original Anchorman and Vince Vaughn, you know, damn you, Ron Burgundy, I don't have to like you, mm-hmm. but I respect you. Yeah. And I respect what they've done. I respect what Andy, what Andy Reid's done, what Mahomes has done, and just the way they have they've taken this team. They, they traded up to get Mahomes. We went through that the other day, how that normally does not work out. Mm-hmm. Where you trade up to get a quarterback, and they they traded up to get Mahomes because they had a good quarterback in Alex Smith. It wasn't like Alex Smith was garbage. Yeah, but they felt like he was with the other team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he was. He was he, not great. With he was the not Niners. great. But some of that was also the were, team around him sucked. The too. team around him sucked, and they constantly, He's no Jimmy had G. constantly had different offensive coordinators. But when he got to Kansas City, he was good. But they're like, yeah. we, but we can be better. And we think the Mahomes kid can be better. He can take us to another level. And so... And they, you know they, what? Patrick Mahomes has said nothing but nice things about that year behind Alex Smith, too. And Alex Smith is, has never been, at least things I've read, ever bitter about it. I mean, I'm sure there was, there was a part of him that felt like, okay, I got, yeah. I got, you know, taken out of San Francisco, bumped out of there, went to Kansas City kind of started to play up to my my first round draft pick level. Mm-hmm. And if and there's a guy that's got any right to be bitter about how the way his career worked out with front the, to back. With the leg fracture. It's Alex Smith. Yeah. But they 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 took a chance on on trading up to get Mahomes. And knowing that that could potentially ruin the relationship they already had with their quarterback that was a a good performer, mm-hmm. a, a a solid consistent starter for the Chiefs and Alex Smith. And what they did is they went out and got one of the potentially the greatest, if not maybe at some point, the greatest quarterback of all time. Still work to do. Still a lot of resume a building. A lot of time left, too. But a lot of time. What, youngest quarterback to start in four Super Bowls? Believe Sounds that's, right, the yeah. The number is correct on that? Is it him and Troy Aikman? The only quarterbacks to win three before 30? Sounds right. Uh, Tom. Tom did it, too, because Tom won three, bang, 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 in his first five years, I think. Still, though, that's... That's impressive. That's a heck of a list that these guys are starting to be on now. Like, Travis Kelsey is second all-time in receptions in Super Bowls over the course of a career. Past Jerry Rice in postseason mm-hmm. receptions. He's one of three guys to have 6,000-yard seasons in three rings with Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin. 
I mean, this is very rare territory. This is stuff that's hard to do. Like we talk about eh, a thousand yard season it's 17 games. How much are you really being productive? Then you start to put it in some of this historical context. Like, well, if it's that easy to do, there's only three guys that have done this and this. And he's one of them. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and in a like season, yeah, in a season two where offensively at times with, mm-hmm. with that receiving core, it's was not a right. A, I mean, they they started to lean into what the strengths were: Mahomes, Kelsey, mm-hmm. the running game with Pacheco, and because the receiver core underperformed this year. But then Rice came on. Now yesterday, Rice were, though, but they fantastic yesterday, absolutely. And Valdez Scantling comes up, of course, with a touchdown mm-hmm. catch. Uh, I thought I thought you know, they just activated McKinnon, you know, and that's of course I'm talking about from a running back perspective. Yeah. Ma- guys. Ma- made some made some big plays for mm-hmm. them, Ma- you know, kind of under the radar plays, and he had been out, he'd been on the IR, yeah. And then Nicole Hardman comes up with the catch mm-hmm. to win the game. <laughs> Essentially, the same play they used against the Eagles twice last year. Yeah, I like and Andy so- Reid was talking with Peter King. And Peter King's like, is that corn dog? He's like, yeah, we just put a little ketchup and mustard on it. <laughs> That's Andy Reid. It's perfect. Do you realize that last night was Travis Kelsey was the Super Bowl's leading receiver after one catch for one yard in the first half? <laughs> Ooh. Just how things yeah. were, were not we're not clicking from a throwing the football standpoint. It was not where but like he was covered. And I don't know if it's if it's Greenlaw, right? I don't know how much he was on Travis Kelsey. Kelsey was a lot more open when he left, though. When yes, Greenlaw got was. hurt, Travis Kelsey went off. And he was extremely impactful in the mm-hmm. second half. Coming up with big catch after big catch. And finished with, with 93 yards. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and take a trip around the NFL this morning. And, of course, Super Bowl 58. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. And we, we do have some Broncos news, by the way. We'll, we'll get to that coming up as far as the coaching staff goes. But uh, last night, just the second overtime game in Super Bowl history, Kansas City with the Patrick Mahomes touchdown pass to Mecole Hardman. They win it in overtime with just seconds left in overtime, 25-22, to 22, though. As we mentioned, the mm-hmm. drive would have continued. It... It's, I like the change, actually. I do, yeah. Where it's, it definitely gives both teams ample opportunity to feel like they had a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. And it would also afforded Andy Reid to not have to panic and not, okay, we, yeah. you know, we, we've got to scramble here. We got to make a decision. We got to kick a field goal. You know what? Because we, right. We got we to send it to another overtime because we, we're running out of time here. The drive's done and. No, they, the, the drive would complete, and then we go to another quarter. And there's a significant portion of the sports media world this morning that kind of cracking on the Niners for taking the ball. Let's go ahead and get, you know, before we bring you some sound, let's get to that because that is that is a subject, like you said, of, of conversation this mm-hmm. morning about after winning the toss, Kyle Shanahan decided he won the ball. Instead of kick it, and so, and so, and then the Chiefs' course after the the field goal by San Francisco drove seventy two yards 
Mahomes hitting Nicole Hardman. That made them 25-22 winners. Now, Shanahan explained after the game that he wanted the ball. The game went to sudden death with a third possession. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid was asked about that call after the game, and, and he said he was not sure if there was a correct way to play things given the lack of history in that scenario. So he wasn't going to second-guess Kyle Shanahan and why he made that decision. Reid, and this is from Pro Football Talk, that's the value of statistical analysis coordinator Mike Frazier for the Chiefs. He does a great job with that. There's, there's two ways you can go with it. You can either kick it off or you can receive it. I'm not sure there's a right answer necessarily. Ours ended up being the right one that easily could have gone the other way. That's why we felt that was the right thing to do. I'm never going to question Kyle because he's brilliant. That was just something that we chose through our studies. We felt that was important. I mean, you didn't get the choice. Yeah. You lost the question. You lost like, the flip, and he, and he made the decision. He took that decision out of your yeah. hands, Andy. Now that Kyle explained that, or hearing his explanation, I guess, they're both right. Because, again, it makes sense what Kyle Shanahan said. Like, if it goes to sudden death, I would at first, especially with the not able to stop them, at least from kicking field goals. Here's, here's the two things. Number one, we talked about it. This so before overtime it. ever happened, mm-hmm. the block field, the blocked extra point. Huge. And then the fact they didn't score a touchdown on that drive. The fact that they had to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. Because then, if you're the Chiefs, you used to say, okay, say the Niners score a touchdown. Then that scenario is different. Yeah. Then they clock's running out. They have to score. Yep. The game, the game will end. Potentially. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's how they have to they have to they have to make a decision, I think at that point in time because kicking a field goal doesn't do you any good. No. You've got to score a touchdown. Yeah. I guess, I, I guess, I guess you know, maybe the, the it was still continued, though. Yeah, if it continues up yeah, a what, field goal, it what, should up a touchdown. Yeah, it would still too. continue. So let me, let me, as opposed to Boomer Esiason and just saying ridiculous, stupid things, <laughs> which, does, which does happen. Revision is okay. So. Yeah, well, the drive would have continued, but still put the pressure on them, though. They had to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where the Niners put them, whether, whether it continues on or not. I mean, that's it would have continued on. Mm-hmm. But the pressure was on them all of a sudden. They, you know, they, they don't have the luxury of F-kick field goals. You know, it'll just continue. You, you hurt yourself by not finding a way to score a touchdown on that, on that drive. It was... That was a killer. And whether or not you had the ball first, to me, I... I, I, I think Andy Reid's right in... With the new rule, you don't really have enough data to go, like, you know, what, you want to be- take it first. Yeah, what's the better way to go here? Is it better to defer? Is it better to take the ball? Because I understand why Kyle... I don't I don't think Kyle Shanahan deserves... You can be. You can crack mm-hmm. on him for not running the ball, coming out of halftime, you, in some of those things. Yeah. This, I don't think you can really crack on him for this. No, because it makes sense. The, well, we want to get it first if it goes to sudden death. So both teams will have a possession. Mm-hmm. We're still tied. We can win it. Yeah. So I get it there. And I don't I don't agree with, I've seen a little, not a lot, but a little of the, well, you don't have any confidence in your defense to stop them. Well, look who's standing over there. Like, I don't know who is 100% confident that, Patrick Mahomes ain't getting nothing on us. And you didn't hear Romo talking about that last night. About, yeah, you, but you got to try to stop that guy. Mm-hmm. 
And all of a sudden, as we got into the fourth quarter, as we entered into the, the latter stage of the game, the Chiefs had figured some things out. And like you said, maybe the, the Greenlaw injury, maybe that that played a role in it because certainly, and how how awful Tory's Achilles. Ugh. Jogging onto the field. That's Just, why I don't jog. <laughs> well, as the start stop, it was the up. Oh, we're going out. Oh, no, it, we're oh, up. It, and oh, then yeah. Turf Monster got him and got him really good. If you don't start, you don't have to stop and start again. <laughs> again, theory applies. That's why we don't start stuff. Who do we have on the uh, team line? This is George. Okay. Morning, George. How are you? Hey, I'm all right. I'm okay. I uh, vehemently disagree that taking the ball there was a rational choice at all. And and I would argue that there's a distinct body of evidence in the college football realm where each side gets a possession, whether or not who, you know, depending on who scores a touchdown. And while Kyle's trying to play next level, if you don't get to the third overtime, it doesn't matter. It's all irrelevant. You got to get there. And if they, if Kansas City had the ball first, San Francisco would have known on that fourth down inside the ten that they had to go for it to score. They would, they, they would have known, and that's the that's the whole blessing of it. Additionally, even if you know, let's just say that San Francisco scores a tud, and the Chiefs come back down. They've just given up two drives of 10 to 15 yards, uh, 10 to 15 plays, and are exhausted. Do you really think they're going to let their put their defense on the field to win it, or do you think they're going to go for two and have their offense try and win it? So I don't think you're even getting to a third possession. And in addition to it, you lose you lose the knowledge of whether or not you have to go for it on fourth down. By and and who really wants to give Pat Mahomes the ball last? That, that's true, and that's, that's a valid point. I, I do wonder how much, though, of something you just referenced, of of his decision was based on our defense just you know, gave up a, a long drive, field goal drive. Our defense is tired. They're starting to wear him out. We, we've got to give him a break here in overtime. I wonder how much of that George played a role in Shanahan's decision-making where we've got to give our defense a break here. We go down. We score a touchdown. We put the pressure on them. To, to try to match that with a drive, we give our defense enough rest. And I'm not, and like, and I'm, I'm not going against what you're saying. I think what you have to say is, is, is a valid comment. But I wonder how much of that played a role in Kyle Shanahan's decision to go. We need to take the ball here because we our offense needs a break or our defense needs a break at this point in time. Um, according to Kyle, it didn't. If you believe what Kyle said, Kyle yeah. said it was purely analytics. Um, but coaches don't always disclose everything anyway. I can tell you that. Multiple Chiefs players had said they had practiced the situation and knew that if they, they wanted to play defense first, if they had to play offense, they were going to go for two if the other team scored. Multiple 49ers players have said that they didn't even know about the rule change. So, yeah. so I mean, I think it's significant. I couldn't – all I know is that if I'm playing Pat Mahomes, I want to be the one to go for two to win it with him on the sideline. No, that's, that's, that's a fair that's thing. That's all I know. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't disagree with that. And I also want to know if I got to go for it on fourth down rather than sending Mooney out there. Because Pat Mahomes isn't coming off the field if they can go for two and win it with one play from the two-yard line. And that's just, I mean, that's just the reality of the situation to me. And uh, so I don't know. I thought it was catastrophic myself. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Everything, it just made no sense to me. And so while I understand you can say analytics, until you get to that third possession, it, it all it doesn't matter. Analytics aren't aren't accounting for the Chiefs going for two at the end of the second possession. So, anyway, that's that's all I have.
Well, it also doesn't all, it comes down to the block PAT too in regulation where yeah. that, 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 that changed. I mean, that, I mean, I, we can talk about overtime and I think those are valid points you make, but that also, that also played a huge role in, in how this game played out where all the chiefs needed was a field goal to get to overtime and as opposed to having to score a touchdown to try to, to try to win the game or they would had to score a touchdown to, to try to, to win the game. It did create that block PAT created a lot of problems for San Francisco. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just think maybe is it a case where there's not a, there's not enough analytics out there on this because the rule change is fresh that they, they went with kind of what they felt like was the best way to go. And ultimately you know, came back to, to bite them. Look, if I'm playing Brock Purdy, I don't mind that strategy. If I'm as much, I still don't like it, but I don't mind it as much. Right. If I'm playing one of the game's all-time great quarterbacks and I'm giving him the ball second, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's there's a couple guys that I would not do that to. Tom Brady, John Elway, you know, Pat Mahomes. I just I just wouldn't. Yep, there, there's a, there's nope. an ilk of quarterback that you don't want to give him that last opportunity. Hey, George, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, for uh, calling today. Yeah, have a go. Later. Take care. All right. I don't know. Um, what George says makes sense. They also, if they go down and score a touchdown on that first drive, puts the pressure on Mahomes. They have, they have to go down and match that. Right. But the luxury is, though, the drive continues. That's the nice thing about the rule change. It's not... Like you mentioned, you get to the end of that overtime, you're going, you know, there's the old party goes, well, why aren't they, why are they, why aren't they hurrying up here? They, they got to hurry up here. They're because they knew the drive was going to continue into to another mm-hmm. quarter. And, and, it, and it, Florio, it does change how you view it. Mike Florio has a piece that, you know, says, and the key phrase, I'm trying to find it because I scroll away from it, was, you know, the second team has the opportunity to match the score, whatever happens. Right. So they would have essentially unlimited time is what it sounds like to me. And I get what George is saying. I just, as a personal preference, I disagree that if I'm Kyle, I probably take the ball in that situation. One, because what they did, they took seven minutes and just ran it right down their throat and scored. Yeah, it was a field goal. But they took I, a lot of time off the clock. They took a lot of time off the clock. And that's where I go back to where, where Shanahan can say that didn't factor in. Mm-hmm. You, can't tell me, factor you, in. you can't tell me it didn't. It you did. Know? And so that's where I agree with George. Coaches, coaches are not 100% forthcoming in that situation. But for me, I would much rather set the bar and make Patrick Mahomes match it as opposed to trying to match the bar that he set. True. I want to be in control of where the bar goes. That's just that's personal preference. Yeah. It's not right or wrong. It's just the way I choose to attack it. And it kind of sounds like Kyle Shanahan was going that route too. Well, once again, didn't run the ball to start out the second half. Block PAT. Mm-hmm. Things the there are plenty of places criticized Kyle Shanahan the yesterday Ray Ray McLeod not just falling on the ball after it hit hit the up back mm-hmm. I mean there was a lot there were a lot of things that a fumble by McCaffrey where they were driving yeah both teams had that 
happened to them in this game. Fumbles in the red zone, right? Fumbles both? in the red zone both times for both the, the Niners and the Chiefs. All right, uh, it was a big game for kickers because you saw an NFL record set and then mm-hmm. broke Yeah, in the same game. And it was another big day for kickers because you didn't see anything happen. First Super Bowl in history with no kick returns. Yeah. Not a one. So Harrison Butker, who's now played in four Super Bowls, uh, set the all-time career Super Bowl record last night with nine field goals. He added the four in the 25-22 to 22 overtime, went over the Niners. Look at those Chiefs, just can't punch it in. Yeah. Three of his field goals on Sunday were shorter than extra points, 28, 24, and 29. <laughs> but then he hit the 57-yarder after the record had been set by the Niners' Jake Moody from 56 yards. Nice. And Moody, by the way, became the first kicker to hit two field goals in the same game from 50 or more yards away. And Bucker also tied the record for most field goals made in a single Super Bowl and the most attempted in a career with 10. So let's go to uh, some of the postgame from last night. Andy Reid talking about his team winning the, the championship, the first back-to-back Super Bowl winners since the early 2000s Patriots. Back-to-back is um, rare for this football team and this organization. So um, it's... Uh, you know, I got asked so many times, is it a dynasty? I don't know what a dynasty. I mean, you guys, you're the, you know, you have the thesaurus. So, I mean, you figure it out. But it's a, it's a great, to, great, it's a great win. It's because I know how hard it is to do, and then how hard the season was, the ups and downs of the season, and how proud I am of the guys for just hanging with each other, uh, staying positive with each other, the defense. The young guys grew up, and but nobody ever pointed fingers at the offense when the offense was growing and it, it, it all kind of came together during the playoffs and uh, worked out well and great leaders and Patrick and Chris and, and Trav and the job, you know, that they've, they've done. Uh, they're, they're passionate players, man, and I love that. All right, that's Andy Reid on his team winning in overtime last night. Patrick Mahomes threw the touchdown pass in overtime to Nicole Hardman and a couple touchdown passes last night for Mahomes named the game's MVP. Here's Patty Mahomes after the game. I think for me, just knowing when to take those chances, when not to, obviously I had the dumb interception that I threw at the beginning of the second half and the defense trying to build me out. Um, but just knowing that even when it's not going the way that I wanted to go, to not press, not push, um, and, and let the game come to me, and that's something that I think we uh, did, it, did in the end, and we were able to score there at the end of the game. All right, so there's uh, Patrick Mahomes' game MVP uh, from Super Bowl 58. Some other uh, news from around the NFL this morning that uh, the Broncos look like they're going to hire Jim Leonard to be their defensive backs coach, uh, that uh, Leonard was the defensive coordinator at the University of Wisconsin from uh, 2017 to 2022, and he was the interim head coach, uh, worked as a defensive analyst for Illinois this season. Leonard, of course, played in the NFL for a decade as a safety before going to coaching, spent a lot of time with the Bills and the Jets, um, also did play for uh, the Jets briefly at the played for them briefly but then um did have a brief stunt i should say playing uh for the broncos but uh, will rejoin as a coach this time around so jim leonard uh will replace uh, christian parker as the broncos defensive backs coach yeah you know scani could they'd have defenses that were better than the talent on that unit and a lot of that was thanks to the way jim leonard would yeah. kind of coach him up now with two all pros back there in the uh Defensive back area room, you'd think 
Yeah, maybe that's going to get some better for the Broncos. Maybe so. We'll see. It's a good. It's a good pickup by the mm-hmm. Broncos. I and, think and so. Yeah. Leonard. All right. So it's a twenty four and uh, Wrigley Field. Uh, went over there the other day. Had their, their uh, chicken fried steak. Oh man, it was so good. They have the fifteen minute lunch guarantee. If you don't get your lunch in fifteen minutes or less, mm-hmm. it's half price. By the way, but uh, perfect place to go before and after the game over at Wrigley Field. Incredible food over there. So uh, we have a, I believe it's a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field. I believe Uh, believe that's the case. Let me double check here. It is indeed 15 bucks. With our uh, Wrigley Field Colorado Sports Trivia. We'll be doing this uh, Monday through Friday, by the way. Nice. So uh, today we thought since it was the Super Bowl yesterday, Mm -hmm. name the three Broncos Super Bowl MVPs. All three. All three. Going to name all three of them. We're not going to give you multiple choice. You have to name all three. The Broncos three Super Bowl MVPs. And first correct answer wins. All the normal prizing criteria, except for the 21. You don't mm-hmm. have to be 21 years old to win. But if you won the last two weeks, don't play. You're uh, up for the never-ending contest with the England Fence and Montrose. $5,000 in fencing products. Uh, maybe also uh, toward a pergola as well from England Fencing and Montrose. So name the three Broncos Super Bowl MVPs for a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field on North Avenue. And... Uh, They've been advertising for a while. We yeah, welcome them to uh, being one of our, our contest participants or uh, supplier of contesting mm-hmm. on the program. So, once again, you have to name all three, though. Name the three Broncos Super Bowl MVPs. Pretty iconic names here. Yeah. Two are in Canton. One will probably end up being there in the near future. So, send us... The three Broncos Super Bowl MVPs, first correct answer wins at 970-242-1340. We also have the number game coming up in a little bit as well. All right, up next, our Browns Cremation and Funeral Service, good call, bad call, plus your chance to win with the number game. That's on the way. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. What makes your list from the weekend? Uh, how about uh, Caitlin Clark coming up short? Bad, bad fourth quarter. Yeah. As Iowa loses at Nebraska in women's basketball, she uh, came up short of, uh, at least for now, mm-hmm. of the all-time women's scoring record in but NCAA history. Is when they play a kid? Yep, so she's going to get there. Good. It's eight points, I think. Yeah, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. All right, so uh, 827, send your answer in on our uh, Wrigley Field Cutter Sports Trivia, 970-242-1340. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. It's 8.30. Jim along with the Buckeye boy today. So your uh, reaction to uh, the Chiefs winning Super Bowl 58. Commercials, halftime. Did you like Usher? I thought Usher was pretty good. I, I liked Usher. I was entertained. Yeah. So if you got some thoughts on that today. I was impressed by Luda's hair. Ludacris? Man, that was, uh, that was a very, that was a, a fully, you know, Teased out whatever yeah. throw that he had. Yeah, he looked good. Thing was, that thing was huge. Leash Keys is awesome, as always. She was fantastic. It was fantastic. fantastic like the I red thought. piano there. That was, was really cool. That was very neat. And, and I just still, and Kendon and I, we were watching it. It just, both we both marvel at how quick they could get the stage mm-hmm. and everything off the field and then back on the, you know, then yeah. get them back to, to play in the second half. How, 
how incredibly hard those people work and how synchronized that all mm-hmm. is. All right, so we have a winner, by the way, for our uh, Wrigley Field Colorado Sports Trivia. We do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Jeremiah first in the door. TD, John Elway, Vaughn Miller. And he got him in order, too. So we had some people guessing Manning. Mm-hmm. Never a Super Bowl MVP for the Broncos, though. Uh, he shouldn't have been. I watched that game. <laughs> no, no, he shouldn't have been. <laughs> MVP for the Colts, yes, but not for the yeah. Broncos. So Terrell Davis, 30 carries, 157 yards, three touchdowns in the win against Green Bay. Elway, the, the swan song, the, the finale, and what a way to go out. Mm-hmm. 336 yards and a touchdown against the Falcons. And then you had Vaughn Miller, Super Bowl 50, six tackles, two and a half sacks, pass defended to be the MVP of Super Bowl 50. Force fumble, too, right? In a strip sack? Yeah, they don't have it listed here, but yes, there was the strip sack, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, and I know Steven, speaking of John Elway as the MVP, asked how Broncos fans felt about the Duke of Denver handing the trophy literally yeah. to the Chiefs. It hurt, but... But it's also... It's kind of, it's got to feel nice to see that guy standing there. Like they have Zonka because it's 50 years. Then it's Elway because it's 25 years. Right. It's like, hey, hey, here's your Super Bowl. This is ours from. I think it's great that, that he was there representing the Broncos. Because he's not doing a ton of public stuff, is he? No, I mean, he's pretty much gone into legitimate retirement. Yeah. I mean, I think he's working on other business ventures, things like that. He's a like recluse that. now. So no, he's a he's recluse. Not, but, and he's. Yeah. Hitting the links even more than normal, and mm-hmm. got some sure some from what I read some business projects that he's working on things like that, but mostly spending time with his grandkids yeah. and just just being a retired guy. Not a bad life, you know. Hey, with Super Bowl MVP emeritus, not a bad life. <laughs> yeah, I know? said painful that he was handing it to the Chiefs last yeah. night, but great to see John Elway there in that role. And obviously, with a, a really good weekend for Broncos country with. The uh, the announcement of Randy Gratishar yes. going to the Hall of Fame as well. So it, uh, yeah. While you, uh, you know, not happy about that particular aspect of it, mm. it's still cool to see John Elway there representing Broncos country. All right, eight thirty three, and we'll have the number game coming up in just a moment. Uh, chance to win. This is one that is age specific with a case of Coors yep. Original from High Country Beverage. Let's get into Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. Good call, bad call. Was that a good call, or did they totally blow it? It's good call or bad call. All right, brought to you by Gra- Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. They're located at 904 North 7th Street in Grand Junction. Call them today, 970-255-8888. Always a good call to get your funeral arrangements done for yourself or your loved ones before where they can have input on on how their service, how they would like it to be and all those kind of things. It's a bad call to wait until that uh, unfortunate period of time happens. Call them today at Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service, 970-255-8888. All right, a couple from the Super Bowl. George touched on this when he called in. The fact that the Niners didn't really, weren't really made aware of what the overtime was going to be because several of the Niners players said that they did not really understand what it was, what was going to happen in overtime that you had defensive lineman Eric Armstead 
He said he was made aware of the, what, the, what the rules were on the video board at Legion Stadium during a TV timeout after regulation. That's when he knew it was different than the regular season. Kyle Juszczyk admitted to reporters that he assumed San Francisco chose to receive the ball in overtime because they would have an opportunity to win with a touchdown, which is the case during the regular season. That's a bad call on Kyle Shanahan's part where it sounded like the Chiefs, they, they prepared for it, they knew what they were going to do, or it sounded like the Niners didn't really have a clue on what would happen if they got to overtime. Don't you have to prepare for every contingency, particularly if it's a, a rule change that's as significant as that? If you're Kyle Shanahan, that's a bad call on part of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, yeah, and I, I 100% agree with you. I also feel it's not all Kyle Shanahan. Like, this is your life. You should probably know the rules of the game you're playing. True. To but some also, extent. But also as the head coach, though, isn't it your job to totally agree. impart, hey, guys, yep. this is going to be different this time. Okay, they changed the overtime yeah. for this game. Two years ago, by the way. Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> we need to be we need to be prepared because we haven't had to worry about it mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So now it's yeah, it happened two years ago. One hundred percent agree with you about Kyle Shanahan. I just feel it's not entirely Shanahan's responsibility. It is, as the coach, more than not. But also, at least Yuschek as an offensive player should probably know the scoring rules of the game he's playing. You think? I mean, think everybody would. You think everybody? You'd want both sides of the ball to know. Mm-hmm. Here's what the circumstances are. This is what's this is a rule change that happened a couple of years ago. You know, if we go to overtime because it's been they changed since the Niners yep. were last there, then we need to make sure everybody understands this is what we're going to do. I get it. There's some level of you need to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can't assume if you're particularly if you're a head coach, if you're in charge of something, that the your guys, guys yeah. your guys are going to educate themselves. So it ultimately falls on Kyle Shanahan. One hundred percent agree. Um, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, this goes back to my thing, and usually I use it for baseball. Your extra session rules should be uniform. Agreed. That's that's all that is. And that's my good call, bad call. Your extra session rules, no matter what sport, maybe with the exception of hockey, because that's pretty cut and dry. They just use fewer guys. It's less time. They should be uniform. I totally agree. Your overtimes, your extra innings should be uniform across the entire season. And as much as you can without playing into the deep into the night, uniform rules-wise with the quarter you just finished or the inning. That's my good call, bad call. I, 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 I personally feel like what the, the rules are for the Super Bowl for postseason need to be what they are for the regular season. Agreed. Let's let's have uniformity. That, that way nobody is mm. thrown off by this. And I'm fine with the 10 minutes because if you get a chance to answer, if you are obligated to give the other team a chance to answer your score, you don't need the clock anyway. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I agree with you on that. That's you're one hundred percent one hundred percent spot on. Let's let's have this be what the rule is. Yeah, for well, overtime. Don't run into this problem of oh, it's different. I didn't know it was different. Yeah. No, it's this way all the, mm-hmm. through the entire course of the season. Agreed. All right, eight thirty eight. Jim along with the Buckeye boy, and it's time for the number game. Let's play the number game on the Jim Davis Show. Yes, it is another number uh, Super Bowl related number game. It's not Roman numerals, so everyone can 
exhale. But it is the number game, and it is a case of Coors the Banquet, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. You have to be over the age of 21. Uh, first correct answer, we take these only on the text line. All contests are taken on the text line, 970-242-1340. Uniform rule right yep. there. Uniform rule. That's why we're in favor of it. And uh, Kansas City became the first repeat champ since New England, 2004-2005. By the way, just as a side note, longest stretch between repeat champions in NFL history, not Super Bowl history, NFL history, hmm. 104 years. That's really interesting. That's neither here nor there. I just remembered that from a graphic last night. Anyway, how many times in Super Bowl history has the team won it in back-to-back years? So if you text in Broncos, you're going to be wrong. I need the number of times, including the Chiefs, that teams have repeated as Super Bowl champions. Need the number. Yep. So, and just to let people know, the Steelers count separately because they didn't go four in a row, obviously. Correct. So, so it's at least two. All right, so first correct answer. Once again, that includes the Chiefs doing this last night. Mm-hmm. Send us the number. First correct answer wins a case of Coors Original, the banquet beer from High Country Beverage. Once again, must be 21 or older. If you've won the last two weeks, you cannot play. So uh, send your answer in now on the team line. Text only 970-242-1340. Coming up next, it's our Prep Stars and Mighty Mavs for this Monday. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. What makes your list from the weekend? Send it to us on the team line, 970-242-1340. First of all, it's hilarious. Warp twisted individuals. Yes. Yeah! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 843. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. The good, the bad, the ugly. What makes your list on the weekend? You uh, Have you checked out the, uh, because you played a little maiden there. Mm-hmm. Bruce Dickinson, his new solo album. I haven't yet. Yeah, I watched a video for one where he, uh, it's very theatrical. Mm-hmm. I've, seen, I've seen parts of the video, but with no sound. Yeah. That makes sense. It's not bad. I mean, it's. It's Bruce. It's, it's Bruce, and so it sounds like Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Which is perfect. All right, 844. And uh, I think we have a winner, but we can't uh, verify that yet, correct? Um, We're still working on that. No, we have. He's got it now, so we have a winner. Okay, so we have a winner for uh, the number game. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Jim correctly numbering nine times Super Bowl repeat winners: Packers sixty-seven, sixty-eight; Dolphins seventy-three, seventy-four; Steelers seventy-five, seventy-six; seventy-nine, eighty. Niners 89-90, Cowboys 93-94, Broncos 98-99, Patriots 04-05, and the Chiefs. Well done, Jim. Nice job. All right, 845, and uh, like I said, still time to get in. You're the good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend, 970-242-1340. Let's uh, jump into uh, Prep Stars this morning. It's time to let the stars shine. Stars on the Jim Davis Show. All right, I'm just going to give one to an entire team for the girls. There you the go. District 51 Phoenix Wrestling Team qualifying 11 wrestlers for the state tournament after they won the Western Regional this last weekend. 
So congratulations to uh, Chad Deer's team. So winning championships, 100-pound uh, Marissa Martinez Quezada, 110-pound Anaya Guajardo Zarate, 120-pound, uh, 125-pound Harley Prater, 130-pound Violet Gray, 155-pound Shaley Tuzon, and 170-pound Claris McCoy. So congratulations to the D51 Phoenix girls wrestling team off to state and got to like their chances of yeah. coming back with a state championship. All right. Absolutely. So my, so my male one going to go to Plateau Valley where uh, Plateau Valley's Jack Vig scored 18 points and one over Rangeley right now. Uh, the uh, Plateau Valley boys basketball team, they are undefeated in the one, a two, a Western slope league at eight. No, they are 16 and one on the season. Their only loss coming to Aspen to start the season out, but they have ran the table. So uh, as good as the Fruto Monument boys are right now, Delta girls, Plateau Valley 16-1 and in boys basketball. They're they're killing it. They're doing a great job right now. Uh, my boys and girls both come from Palisade basketball. Girl side, Addie Ritterbush, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists in the win over Battle Mountain. Then Hunter Howard led the team, 17 points, scored 94 points against the Huskies did the Bulldogs pretty good. as uh, they get the sweep of the other dogs. Season high in points yep. for uh, Corey Hitchcock's team, which will have Palisade Eagle Valley tomorrow night on the team with our pregame at 515 for that. All right, so we move on to Mighty Mavs today. The best of CMU sports. It's Mighty Mavs on the Jim Davis Show. All right, we go to the softball field where pitcher Marissa Nim pitched four and two-thirds innings of relief. With five hits, gave up a run to beat uh, Texas A&M International for the uh, Maverick softball team. My male Mighty Mab would go to indoor track and field. Former Grand Junction Tiger, Miller Jones, the freshman, sets an RMAC season best and second all-time uh, best Maverick record on the triple jump at the Gorilla Indoor Classic at uh, Pittsburgh State, Kansas. So congratulations to Marissa Nim. And Miller Jones, our Mighty Mavs, at least for me, this week. Yep, absolutely. And back to the court for me, Mason Rowland, 24 points off the bench for the Lady Mavericks. They beat Regis on Friday. Then Owen Koontz led the Mavericks Friday night with 21 points for Mike DeGeorge's Mavericks as the men continue on move into first place. All right. It's a weekend sweep. And uh, we got some sound from that, by the way. Start out uh, with the Maverick uh, women's basketball team getting the split this past weekend. There's Taylor Wagner after the Maverick loss at UCCS on Saturday. The numbers don't lie. Rough shooting night for you guys. Their defense was stifling. Yeah. I mean, they, they deserved to win it. They were the tougher team tonight. In the fourth quarter, you guys had a lot of trouble getting open shooters, getting open looks. What were they doing to you defensively, especially in that quarter? I mean, the energy was great, and I thought ours, are the lack of execution was bad. You know, for as, what this game meant and, you know, how they were guarding. It was the fourth quarter, so we knew they were going to guard us and we never made adjustments on the speed and what we needed to do. Olivia Reed, Mason White battling all night down low. Neither of them get anywhere near their season average. Such a pivotal matchup in this. What, who do you think won it tonight? Well, you know, you see, they deserved to win. They were the tougher team and, you know, they played phenomenal defense. And what we shoot from the, the field? I mean, 23% from the field, that says it all. They did a great job. They deserved to win it. One of the bright spots for you, Claire Heitschmidt, a new career high for her. 
terrific road trip for her. How does that factor in for going forward for you? Well, hopefully just keeps giving her confidence and you know, we're going to need that, you know, the other girls are getting a lot of attention, so we need her to step up. You guys have a chance to rebound next week against who's currently number one. We'll see if they stay that way, Colorado School of Mines and then MSU Denver. What can you take away to help this young team next week with that big matchup? Well, that's how you play D. That's how you're tough, you know, and they did that on our home floor, and that's what's going to – they can go a long way with how they play defense. And, you know, everyone says that defense wins championships, and they showed it tonight. That's a good team, and hopefully we can take, uh, take something from them and, uh, you know, be able to get down and guard like they do. Taylor, thanks for the time. Safe travels thanks. back to Grand Junction. All right, Ethan Jordan talking with Taylor Wagner after that loss to UCCS. Mentioned Colorado Mines coming in. Uh, right now, the Mavericks are game and a half back of the Ore Diggers for first place in the conference. For the Maverick men, they sweep the weekend, gained the win against Regis Friday, 88-78, to and then uh, took care of the Mountain Lions at UCCS on Saturday, 92-72. to And after the game, Ethan Jordan talked with Mike DeGeorge. The Mavericks have played themselves back into first place in the Armac. Mike, really balanced effort from your team tonight. A whole bunch of guys with buckets, three, four guys in double digits, including a couple of fellas off the bench how'd you like the effort from your team offensively yeah no, i thought it was a, a really uh impressive effort our guys are just really mature and they're just playing at a high level right now to come on the road tough circumstances against two good teams and be able to to really control both games on the weekend from start to finish uh it's very impressive it's not easy to do and it's very rarely we've done that in our six years here trying to to get that so just really credit this group with their maturity and and, uh, you know, it was an odd game with uh, the way it played out in the second half. And I just thought our guy, group kept their composure and didn't let what was happening on the floor impact their performance. Speaking of that, a lot more whistles in the second half. Did, did the game just become more physical or is it called differently in the second half? It seemed out of nowhere. Well, I would say that it wasn't called consistently. Um, and so that gets confusing for guys. Guys get frustrated on both teams physicality picks up and nobody knows exactly what the next call is going to be so um it just got a little bit odd uh i would say uh, without getting myself in trouble <laughs> so. well we'll ask you how about we ask you about yeah. michael mccurry instead he he totals a new career high of 14 points tonight and we talked about him a little bit last night how you're trying to get him back in this bench unit but you mentioned the illnesses he's had the injuries mm -hmm. try to give us an idea of what it's taken for him to get to this point with all of that going on well, you know, he's a five-year guy. He's very mature and tough, and his approach is great. And, you know, it's really just a matter of getting him back in the flow. He's kind of ready by the Fort Lewis game, but, you know, I didn't get him in early, and then he just hadn't been in a competitive environment. And so, you know, we kind of held off, but it's great to see him back out there competing, and he's playing at a high level. He had a great week of practice this week, and it translated to the games this weekend. We talked about Elijah Newton a little bit last night. He said he might get some more playing time tonight. He did. You've talked about it before, trying to get him more touches because when he has the ball in his hand, gets those open three-point looks, he has such a quick release, by the way. It's really pretty to watch. And when he gets those looks, he is so dangerous, but they've been a little bit few and far between. What have you guys as a coaching staff done to try and get him a few more opportunities? Well, we're really just trying to play in flow, and we trust all our guys. Obviously, his range and his quick release and his quick first step create a lot of problems for defenses. And a lot of times when he's on the floor, defenses are very aware of him, and they're so overextending on him which opens up opportunities for other guys. So it's really not just about the impact he has on the game uh, with his shooting. It's also just the threat of his shot creates opportunities for others. And the flow of the game, 
this weekend. Mac Rineker, not a ton of scoring, still doing all the Mac things defensively, right? Mac being Mac. But is it just the flow of the game and getting him looks offensively? I know early in the season it is, oh, wow, here's all this offense from Mac Rineker. Now it's kind of been dialed back a little bit, giving him more time to focus on defense. Is that on purpose or is that just how the flow of the game has been for him? Yeah, it's not on purpose. We want him to stay aggressive. And, you know, both nights were a little disjointed with foul trouble for him and he just didn't get in the flow. And, and sometimes he just gets frustrated with uh, what's happening in the game and he just defers a little bit more than we'd like him to. But... You know, part of it is he's not in the flow, so he's just trying to get other guys going. Uh, but, you know, it's, his contribution's always major, no matter how many points he scores, and uh, we saw that again tonight. Got Colorado School of Mines, MSU Denver coming up this weekend. Going to be a playoff atmosphere at Bronson, so I have to ask. We've got a little something going on here, Mike. Did you forget the Razor at home, or is this a, a pre-playoff beard going on? Well, uh, <laughs> I went to the German Jaws, and they froze off part of my face. So, I, you know, they told me I couldn't shave until... Oh, healed, but you know, now that we're winning, he can't shake yeah, yeah. So My wife won't be happy, but you know, it is what it is. Two years ago, uh, you know, we kind of did a no shave thing once we got on a win streak and we made it all the way to Sweet 16. So we'll see how long we can keep it. So, what I'm hearing is the beard is here to stay. Sorry, Mrs. George. <laughs> That's right. That's great. All right, Mike, thank you so much for your time. Safe travels back uh, to Grand Junction. It. Thanks. All right, Ethan Jordan with uh, the bearded one, Mike DeGeorge. Yeah. Getting the playoff beard going after a weekend sweep at uh, Regis and UCCS. We'll have uh, the Mavericks and uh, Colorado School of Mines, Ordiggers, and Metro State Friday and Saturday on the Team Sports Network. Plus, Colorado Mesa Baseball on Thursday at 1 o'clock when they take on uh, Montana State Billings. So a very busy week of high school, but also a very busy week of uh, Maverick Baseball and Basketball right here on the Team Sports Network. All right, next hour, uh, we'll have... uh, a little four down territory also uh this day in sports history We've got some reaction to uh the, the chiefs winning last night how the game played out uh everything from the commercials to how tony romo did last night you can uh, text or call us on the team line 970-242-1340 that's 970-242-1340